Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you ask them to name three geniuses, they probably wouldn't say Einstein, Newton, you know. They'd go Brent, Partridge, Sessions. It's Flats and Shanks. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of our weekly podcast. I'm David Flatman. I'm Tom Shanklin. Okay fella. It's good to be back. Oh isn't it? Cold, what a feeling. Um, sorry about the week off. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> excuse me, sorry about my choking. Um, yeah, sorry about the week off but um, Shank's got this annoying habit of putting his family first which I don't do that guys because I, I look at this as you're my family. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> My my family are sort of contractually obliged to be there almost through the law of marriage, but you guys are here optionally, so you guys are my real friends. You're married to the job. That's your problem, mate. Married to the job. I work too hard. Too bloody hard sometimes. Too bloody hard sometimes. <laughs> I worry about myself. <laughs> yeah. And we're, um, we're coming to you live from Tbilisi. Well, we're, well we're, we'll say live. Well, we are live. I suppose so. So we're, if you're in the area, come say hello. We're alive. If there's any background music, there is a sort of panpipe mood CD on in this... Um, Hotel lounge area. Uh, Tommy, tell them where we are. We're in Rooms Hotel in Tbilisi, nice in spot. Georgia. We've come out here for the BBC. Uh, we're journalists, basically. We're reporters. We've come out to find. <laughs> You're like Kate Aidy. <laughs> we've come out. We've come out to find out about Georgian rugby. Who we are? Sorry, Georgian rugby. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wales are playing them in a couple of weeks' time. So this has been sanctioned by. The Beeb and we've um, we've done a little bit of filming so far already. We've Sanctioned by NATO. We've been in <laughs> we, yeah, UNICEF. We've been into uh, the Georgian rugby camp and we've chatted to the coaches. Yeah, we're oh, it's we're doing all Milton sorts. Milton Haig, head coach. We'll tell them we'll tell them all about it. Um, um, and I, I, rea- I realised when we got here, I had three mates on the Georgian coaching staff that I had no idea were here. Yeah, but we'll we'll talk about that. 
but I mean, let's let's just let's just wind it back and let's talk in detail about a rugby match that happened three weeks ago or two weeks ago, whenever we last spoke to people. Let's make this completely irrelevant from the very start for everyone that's listening. Or should we skip that and just you know talk I, about I, hey, yeah. what you've been up to? Oh, mate, well, mate, been to, been to America. Of course you have. Yeah, um, took the kids to Disney, didn't he? What a dad! Yeah, I know. Father of the year. Got a t-shirt. Says you it. got a mug. <laughs> t-shirt. Um, yeah, started off pretty badly. Really, I wasn't happy with the plane. I'm not a snob. You are not a snob. I'm not a snob. You know that. Um, but it was on. A, it was a plane. Honestly, that I've travelled on probably. You 20 can't years be a snob ago. unless you live in London or Bath, basically. <laughs> yeah, tra- plane I travelled on twenty years ago. The TV. Uh, my iPhone screen was bigger than a TV. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Oh, so. And the guy behind me had a book on the back of his seat and I was digging into my back. You could feel his book. <laughs> and it was like a nine and a half hour flight. We get there and it's a two hour queue to get through border control. With Mother. two little kids. I was just Isn't it funny how you human. Can, how is it funny how it takes two hours to get into America with kids for security, but you can go down to Kmart and buy a gun. Let's anyway, not get into that. Separate subject. Kind yeah. of crazy. But um yeah, so what what airline was it? Let's just out somebody. We're not sponsored by airlines. No, it was British Airways. British Airways, and it was terrible. Well, wasn't yeah, it was the plane flew there and we got there in one piece and that was fine. You went there and you landed. Yeah, but that's but you kind of you'd hope that anyway. You you'd like to think that planes and aviation have was moved on. Was it that on. bad that you would interior design has moved on as well. Was it that bad that you would upgrade to business class given no, the option? I would, no, I'd never do that. and also one of the kids' TVs didn't work, which is a nightmare, especially trying to keep them that's painful. happy on the flight. Well, that's the, well the TVs are their parents. All really, they wanted to they do was get on the plane and watch Captain Underpants. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they couldn't. I wouldn't, let them, I wouldn't let them sit in my seat and watch my TV. Because <laughs> you had movies to watch yourself. Yeah, of course I did. But if you turn them up loud enough, you can't hear the kids crying, I've found. Mm, so anyway, um, but good trip. Yeah. Good, good trip. Loads to do. Kids loved it. Just went to see their faces. Um, but, but... Yeah, got a few issues with America. Oh, God. Is yeah. gun control one of them? No, gun control. I didn't see any guns out there. But... They were there, mate. They yeah, were there. They were there. All the right, lads. Our um, our BBC producer and camera manager just walking past. They're, they're lovely guys. Um, guys, keep walking, okay? You're not part of this, so... But, mate, they... The Americans are absolutely massive. Are you generalising now? No. Every single one. Every single one? No, they're not all. Absolutely massive. But so many large people in America. Just, just say fat, mate. No. No, you're not allowed to say the F word. Well, okay. Okay, if they're... Obese. Well, there, are, there were lo- loads and loads of large people in the UFC. That's um, not a bad thing. Overweight. Right, okay. Okay, now... There are loads there. and loads of fat people. Just say it. Loads and loads of overweight people there. I couldn't believe how big some of them were. Um, getting around the parks was a nightmare because... Everybody had mobility scooters. And I'm not saying they didn't have... Everybody. I'm not saying everybody. I'm, I'll stop doing this stuff now. I, yeah, go on then. You know, I, I know I exaggerate a little bit. Um, my missus actually had a go at me the other day for exaggerating. Did she? I said, what? God, I was so surprised and he tripped over my own penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but... Look, uh, if, if someone, someone can't walk properly or if someone's 
um, not very well. Someone's poorly. What, and they call, what they call these days, disabled. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay with disabled people, Tom? Are they all right by you? Uh, um, if, um, I know you've always hated my brother for being disabled, but I, if thought they, only no, I, I can understand that, but there was too many people on mobility scooters, and it wasn't a coincidence that they were overweight. Having okay. said that... And that's just a nightmare in the queuing systems as well, trying to get round them. Also, also families with like double pushchairs, you know, where they've got room for two babies. If you're in a pushchair... And you're wheeling your kids around Disney. They're too young. Yeah. They can't go on the rides. Yeah. You're better off going down and McDonald's and seeing Ronald McDonald and a hamburger. Maybe that's how they end up obese, mate. Thing is, I you put me on a set of scales or one of those machines as did like we did years ago for twenty P and the screen goes red and says, Consult your physician because you are obese. But I've used a mobility scooter at B and Q in just outside Bath a couple of times when I had a bad Achilles and it was amazing. It was amazing. So I, once you've done it, mate. And then you think, well, I could fill out a form at the post office and get one from the local government to drive around town on. It's no. like, you know, and you know, no, you can't get past them. No jokes, no jokes. My, because I've got this electric mountain bike that my wife thought she'd be able to share with me. Turns out she can't. It's too big and powerful. So she was, she was joking around saying, I oh, will live up this hill. Imagine if I got a mobility scooter to go to the shops and back. It'd be amazing and it'd be electric. So I wouldn't have to park the car. So she's like, there's a shop in Bath that sells them. They sell them. Oh, she's quite happy for you and to she's get like, one. She's like, have a look at this. No, no, she wants one. Oh, she right. can't ride my bike. And she's like, I mean, they're quite expensive. Oh. Second hand, 1,700 quid. Don't, it's got, it's got alloys. Don't. It's got alloys on it. Don't, don't. She might get but, one. You know, you're queuing behind them. You're trying to get past them. Yeah. Um, Put a twig in their spokes, mate. Also, though, um, I'll tell you another thing that really, really annoyed me, which shouldn't, is the over-friendliness of the Americans. Yeah, but you like, hate people. I don't hate people. Like when I'm in the right mood, I'm brilliant. Uh, but walking past them in the corridor. Good morning. Yeah. How are you, sir? How are you? You don't care. You don't know I'm me. Like, no. And why do you care? You know the, the waiters and waitresses just being super duper nice. I know it's fake. I know it's fake. They just want a good tip. And then the bill comes, and it. I'll says give you under a bloody bottom, tip. It says under the bottom clearly, eighteen to twenty percent service charge. Yeah. Um, and therefore I feel really bad and I've got to tip them then and that just pisses me off even more you don't like the tipping culture because not really just pay just pay them more they say oh we survive off tips just pay them a decent wage then yeah, it's funny how they don't why don't why don't they whoever they are why don't they again these are the people that refuse to stop letting um, people buy guns in shops um, why don't they start paying their waiting staff properly why don't they pay them more than a bloody a poverty wage and pay them properly so that if you want a tip, it's a genuine tip. We're not actually paying their wages because that's your job because you own the restaurant. If I walk past someone... Like, but I will tip because I'm a nice guy, but you're not, you're not as nice as me. I walk past someone, I, like, I'll have a nod like that. Maybe something like that. Fella. But I don't want to stop and have a conversation about my day. But you didn't like it when we, when we lived together in London and I was friendly to our neighbours. You genuinely didn't like it. Don't make friends with neighbours, mate. It ends up in, it ends up in a nice war yeah. then. You yeah. get over-friendly, you go around their houses. But then it's like, I don't want to invite them back. We All only of a sudden then, yeah. you know, their wife fancies you. What? What? And it just turns into a nightmare. And then you can't get away from them. Never mm. make friends with your neighbours. Always. There's this that. lady that lives next to us in Bath. <clears throat> and she's they're really old. She's bought, she's, they I mean, when I will. say she's old, she's, a, yeah, she's probably a, a pensioner. She has, lives on her own with her dog. Um, so it's a little border terrier called Bluebell, which is vicious, and I quite like that. It loves people, but it's vicious towards dogs, and because it's so little, it's quite funny. But she's moved in. She's bought a six-bed house, right? And she's smashed it to bits, turned it into a super, like an ultra-modern 
white walls and glass three bed so she's probably smashed its value to bits and doesn't care she's put she's got netflix and sky tv and she's put a 65 inch plasma on the wall How old and is at she? night she's probably mid to late 60s and she said don't I just suddenly realized i was doing everything i was supposed to do and i don't care i bought this amazing house i've made it exactly how i want it I'm living the life I want to live. I'm walking my dog, seeing my friends, and I'm drinking wine in front of the telly. I was like, what a legend. Mm. So she's a neighbour I'll be friends with, you see, because she doesn't GAF. Yeah, she doesn't yeah GAF. but you have got ulterior motives of that, haven't you? What? Get the will. <laughs> yeah, she's got kids, apparently, mm. unfortunately. But I'll, have, I'll try and have them erased. I know what you like as well. You like that guy out of Little Britain. Loves old people. <laughs> Takes them to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I need the toilet. I'll take you. <laughs> Sucking their toes. Give them foot massages. Oh, don't, don't, oh, don't. Horrific. Don't, she listens to this. <laughs> Jokes. Uh, yeah, so all in all, though, good trip. Low Americans Disney. are too oh, fat. No. Yeah, but some cracking rides. Universal. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. You've got like Despicable Me, three ride. You've got the Harry Potter ride. They're all like 3D now, so you don't actually move on these rides. <sighs> they they m- tilt you back yeah. and forward. And when you have the feeling of going down sort of hill, yeah. wind blows up at you. And but I know, I know they're not. It's not your cup of tea. But no, no. Uh, well, uh, uh, the Avatar ride is very good in um, in Magic. Uh, not Magic, Animal Kingdom as well. Oh, well done. Yeah. Well, anyway, what have you been up to? Glad you enjoyed it. Um, well, it's been half term, isn't it? Um, and it's been an unusual half term. You've had a week um, to yourself, haven't you? Or two actually. Yeah. So. My uh, in-laws, as you know, are from Holland, and they live in London, but they're Dutch, and they, they retain a residence in Holland, which means they got a flat, and they took they took uh, my, my two children to Holland for a week, which was great. Um, and did you know that in Holland, because it's very bikey, there's, um, on the government, you get every child gets free bike riding lessons. They get taught to ride a bike for free on the government. In Holland, so I've been doing. We live on a hill. We live in a hilly area, so I've been yeah, driving so them to places. Two bikes in the car, trying to find a flat area, car parks and stuff, and getting there. They learnt in one day in Holland how to ride but bikes. Don't you want to, as a father? Don't you want to like pass down that knowledge of, of you know, your your daughter or your yeah? But someone else has done it. So happy ride. days. Someone else done it. Happy days. Happy oh, with that. Right, yeah. So I get them back, ready made, done. <clears throat> um, so they went there for a week and they came back. You should have just adopted. Yeah, well, I was thinking about ado- I, wa- I was thinking about adopting. I still am, but. I want to adopt a 21-year-old who went to private school who's just finished their degree. So kind of done. And we're going to start working at HSBC or something. What sex? Hey? What sex? Male. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, I want a posh, really nice kid who's going to do really well. Already I made. I quite fancy adopting like a 37-year-old bloke. Yeah? Yeah. Someone I can have a chat with in the house. Play, Hang on a minute. Play some table tennis. Against. Hang on a minute. <laughs> I know a guy. Uh, so yeah, the kids went away for a week, and they they landed back on the Monday, which is not terribly interesting, except that skip it if you want. They land, no, they landed back and picked them up from Bristol Airport and went straight to a Little Mix concert in Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> so I took them straight to Little Mix, and um, in that, what's that? Here's a shout out to my ex. Yeah, is that it's seven and a half thousand seats? It's that are, uh, arena, Motor Point, Motor Point Arena. And um, I, I try and say this constructively, but it was quite a bit of a dump, actually. But I was thinking, why don't we do a live event there, live pod? We'd sell 7,500 seats, surely. With Little Mix? Sure, me. Okay, oh, I thought you'd Little Mix there. I was going to say, oh, I really yeah. like Perry. 
We've sold a hundred seat, two hundred seats in Bath. Surely we can sell seven and a half thousand in Cardiff. Yeah, live pod coming up next week. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Um, anyway, little mix, and it, we rushed to get there on time, and realised, of course, they don't do on time. So we were sitting, the kids. I mean, it's not anyone else's fault. They've flown from Holland or Sitting in the in our chairs for two hours before they came out. So by the end of the set, we had two asleep kids basically. Did you, you went as well? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, fair dues, mate. Did the whole thing, mate. I was yeah. up there dancing. Like Die Young, when he had to take his boys to see Blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he? Have <laughs> to do all the dances with them. Yeah, you got to do it. Uh, you got to do it. I know all the words, really. Yeah. Um, so, what well, annoying thing was, you're all, si- you're all seated, everyone's seated, right, of course. And right with all the seats in front of us are empty. You're like, genius. And then at like, 8.29, one minute before they came out, six adults arrived, really nice people, they arrived, and boom, sat in front of us. Do they have any kids? No kids. And they were like, I was like, God, you're not here with kids. Like, no, we love it. We love it. And she goes, just so you know, we are going to stand up. And I was like, I said, are you serious? Like, yeah, I've got to stand up. I can't sit down. And I was like, just so you know, I was like, just so you know, if you stand up, our kids won't be able to see Little Mix. So what do we do about that? And they're like, sorry, we can't not stand up. And they stood up. As soon as they came out, they stood up and they did not sit down. For the whole set. They weren't all there, were so, they? So I have to pick up the kids and hold them up. And she's seven, so I'm, I'm quite strong, but it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. And as soon as I stand up, the people behind us can't see. Yeah. So in the end, people behind us are shouting at me. And I'm like, guys, it's fucking them. So in the end, I tap this lady on the shoulder. And I was like, listen, I want you to enjoy the concert, but turn around. And all these people are going mad at her. I was like, you guys are ruining it for ten rows of people. You're ruining the concert for ten yeah. rows of people who've brought their kids. Absolutely. Like, we bought tickets too, you know. I was like, you... And at the end, they were like, um, to the kids, do you enjoy it? I said, I said, do you know what? We're not mates. I'm quite friendly, you know. I said, we're not friends. You are not the sort of people. So you've got a bit of me in yeah, you. Yeah, I said, you, are, you, are, you have been bad people today. Um, like I, I just said to them, seriously shit form. Seriously shit form. Anyway, little mix. So that was fine. Went to two broken kids, absolutely exhausted. Got home at half 12. And then the kids flew to Disney World the next morning with... My wife and I had to stay at home, unfortunately, because I had work to do. For a week? A week yeah. on your own? A week. Well, the first week was on my own as well, really. Is that why you're wearing glasses? <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, with Little Mix, just on that, you know, they, they've got loads of different songs, but some of the songs have got some rude words in them. So when we got it on in the car, yeah. it's like um, one, li- one line is, we should be getting better sex. Yeah, I know. I got cough over that. I, know that. We no, should I say be sets <laughs> like tennis. Sets like tennis. Oh, do you? Yeah, they think it's tennis. So they love tennis now. Oh, obviously. But yeah, but while they were while they're in Holland, I went to Devon for a couple of days for a, to, on my own, literally on my own to chill. And Danny, Danny Grucott was down there with his family. So <clears throat> all these big plans. And then my dog swallowed a piece of Tupperware and um, had major surgery. Really? And he had his stitches out yesterday. So that blighted that trip a little bit. Um He's all right. Yeah, so then a week away, and the, the kids are away for a week in Disney. And um, I spoke to you a couple of times when they were away, and you were properly chill. like ladding it up. You were, you, yeah. had blue, you had the Bluetooth earphones in, speaking to me, opening the door, Domino's Pizza. Yes, true. Keep the yeah. change. And he's not given a tenner either. No, that's 20 quid. That's a large pizza and a couple of chasers. <laughs> Brings it up a large to about pizza and chicken pounds. wings, 18 pounds. So <laughs> there we are. Yeah. Yeah, so true. You so ate I, like a king. I ate one. I I cooked one meal, the whole time. <coughs> the rest of it is. <coughs> What's that? I, I hate Deliveroo in Bath. It's awful. <laughs> Deliveroo is terrible, but I used it every day. When you say cooked, you mean prepared? 
cooked, cooked, okay. cooked. Okay, but that's just putting meat in a hot pan. That's all. I, that's it. I just ate meat on its own with yeah. ketchup. Um, but yeah, so I, w- I did a. I tell you what, I did a lunch with um, John Bentley, British Lions legend. Yes, up at York and um, York race is big. You, you, you've done it before, actually, and um, nailed it. Yeah, apparently you nailed it. Um, and they said, oh, as, as always, every everywhere I go, where Shanks, where you've done a. I do. Everyone always says, um, yeah, well, we got Shanks because Nigel Owens pulled out last minute. I mean, insert your own gag. And then insert your own gag about saying insert your own gag. And I was like, I bet Shanks started with, sorry, Nigel couldn't make it. He was stuck in Barry. And they're like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Where was he? Stuck in where? Chester. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Or Sydney. Or Sydney, yeah, or Leicester. We've done all that. Or Warwick, we've done it all. So, um, yeah, went up there and I, I spent the... I was sitting next to Paul O'Connell. He was like special guest. So I did the after dinner thing, but he was the special guest for the Q&A with John Bentley. And um, you kind of expect Paul O'Connell to be a good bloke, but I didn't expect him to be such a good bloke. I didn't want to leave him. I did not want to leave him in the end. What a lovely, lovely man. Yeah, he was. I did it with Thomas Cassinet a couple of years before. And he, he yeah. he's actually, he's really, really good at English. Yeah. His English is superb. So there's not many French people that can stand up and talk for 25 minutes, you know, off the cuff and be funny as well. Yeah. But he spoke before me, so I went up and said, um, ladies and gentlemen, didn't Bruno Tollioni do so well? <laughs> Put your hands together. I got, rin- I got rinsed by this, um, the MC was a guy called Malcolm Lord. And you listen to this pod, there's a very good chance you haven't heard of this guy. If you find a way, like go on, if he's got a website, find it. This guy is so funny. He's a huge guy, like he's eating a bit too much. He sits in his wheelchair at a table next to the stage. No one can see him because he can't get on the stage because of his wheelchair. And he reads out jokes that he's written from a bit of paper. And you think, well, how funny can that be? Well, actually, very, very, very funny. And he introduced me. And he was, it was just everything he said was there. It was like Paul O'Connell came off after half an hour, 40 minutes, and he's like rapturous applause because he's an absolute icon. Of course. And just you can tell immediately he's just the best bloke going. And he comes off and he was like, oh, what a, what a speech that was. Amazing. Just fantastic. And I, just interesting, apart from anything else. I'll tell you what I learned during that speech. There are 312 halogen lights in the ceiling of this fucking room. You know, and he just ripped into Paul O'Connell. And I was next, and he ripped into me. So I stood up there and said, I did not come all this way to get abused by fucking Ironside. And we, we piled into him, and he was great fun. And he, he told this brilliant... Um, he, was, he was there with his wife, and he told this brilliant story. And that in the end, the camera found him, so it goes onto the live yeah, screens because he yeah. can't get up on the stage. And um, I'm telling you now that it obviously is a joke. So when you tell someone a joke, you, you realise you know, it isn't funny. But um, he was like, you know, they have you been... John Bentley said, have you been? He goes, yeah, we're fine. We're good, it's good to be here. We've... Um, we had a bit of a rough week, but um, or really sort of last week it was really. But we we said we'd be here. We've been coming here for twelve years, and we weren't going to miss it. And everyone sort of claps, and but they're wondering what's happened, you know. And he says, "Well, we had a call from um, the RNLI, the local, the, the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard near where we live in Whitby, whatever it was." And he was, you know, and unfortunately, found my lovely wife Jane still with me today, Jan. There she is. And everyone says, "Hiya," you know, it's been there for twelve years. Not missed, not missed the lunch. And it's like, unfortunately, we've, you know, we found her mother. They found her mother. Um, and she was, they found her and it was a bit, you know, she's very old now and doesn't quite know what she's doing. And they found her and uh, unfortunately, uh, they found her in the water. She was in the water, you know, so they called us to let us know. And everyone was sort of laughing a bit. He goes, no, no, she were, uh, they found her face down, she were dead. And it's like, everyone's like, whoa. 
and he's proper serious and he's welling up. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's like, you know, I'm talking and at this point we don't know he's funny. We think he's guy in a wheelchair, yeah. whatever. He could just be the MC. Who, who's, no, he, he talks about being there for the charity, which supports people, you know, whatever. And one and you know, a lot of it was a doddy weird, my urine disease, that sort yes. of stuff. So we're thinking he's there to support the charity. And he starts saying, um, he goes, yeah, and he's, of course, the course guy said to me, it's awkward because she's been here a while and doesn't look good. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's all sorts of stuff on her. You know, it's kind of on her. They're gripped onto her. There's, you know, there's three or four lobsters on her and there's all sorts of stuff on her and crabs and mollusks. And, and what do I do? What do I do, Malcolm? And I said, well, look, you keep two of the lobsters. I'll have two and set her again in the morning. <laughs> the whole room was just in absolute pieces. And the best bit about it was, his wife, who was his wife, was sitting next to him, and she's heard every joke a million times. She has got a completely blank face, nothing like, she hasn't heard a word. And I was just look, I was sitting next to Paulie, I call him Paulie now, Paul O'Connell, because we're really close friends. I was sitting next to him with Paulie, and we were just looking at his wife and pissing ourselves. It was, But it was, set her again in the morning. It was fucking hilarious. Well, I went there, he goes, here he is, Tom Shanklin, Look like one of the Mitchells. Yeah. Peggy. Peggy. <laughs> he was he was very, very funny. And um anyway, you could list his gags forever. And I was just thinking I was thinking to I said to him, God, genuine, I was like, I'd love to just write down every one of your gags because I love them. I'm not gonna nick them because I don't do one liners. But I just love them and I want to tell my mates about them. Yeah. And he said, oh, well, he said, check under your seat. And he said, There's a book under there. You can have that for a tenner. And he's written a book of all of his gags and one-liners. What, and they are... Okay. I've got the book. I'll send it to you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll lend it to you. And it, it is genius. I've read a few and it is just genius. Oh, fair dues. Yeah. So Rob Vickerman was there, the England Sevens player. He's a lovely, yes. lovely man. And his yes. wife, I always thought he was making up the fact he was married. Um, he's had a hair transplant. He's had the hair done. No way. Yeah, it, it's the best. I've, I've known loads of lads that have done it. Vix is, is the best I've seen by a mile. It looks completely and natural. He's open about it as well. Yeah, except he's going he's going bald on the back now. He's have to get another one done. Oh, we met his wife Gemma. She's absolutely lovely. He's gonna look like that baddie out of Despicable Me Three. The <coughs> disco one. It. Oh, it's really good. Um Alex Crockett was there. Remember him? Bath Legend. The Pocket Rocket. Yeah. What are they doing up there? Just supporting you? Or? He no, Vix lives up there <laughs> and uh, Crocs coaches at a school. He was he coaches at Hull Ionians with Martin Wood, the old England scrum half. Yeah. Um, who apparently is really abusive on the sideline and keeps getting warnings. And he, co- and he crocs coaches at a big school up there. And Dan Hyde, you wouldn't remember Dan Hyde. Dan Hyde played for Leeds, but he played for England A okay. as well. I played with Heidi for a bit. Um, Knew that was going to be his nickname. Sorry, I played with um, Ace, the shooter. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was very nice too, yeah. No, Thanks for asking. No, no worries at all. So good trip up to York then. Yeah, it was very good actually. I had to go up and down in a day, which is a bit punchy, but um, I'm, a, I'm a great guy and I love charity. So, yeah. But do you know Paul O'Connell? Mm. So I said to him, nice to meet you. And he said, oh, we've met before. Nice flats. to meet you. Nice to meet you. I said, we've met before. He goes, we met before. And I was like, oh, it's just one of those awkward moments where I don't remember you. And he was like, no, no, I played England schoolboys against you in 1998 at Stourbridge, which isn't far from here. I was like, yeah, I know. How do you know that? And he goes, oh, at the end of the game, <clears throat> I remember he told everyone on stage in the end and everyone was laughing. Uh, he was like, I remember we all swapped shirts. Particularly cough of you. Yeah, I have, sorry. And we all, as soon as we swapped shirts, we all whipped your England ones on really quick because we were all, he goes, we were all really white and freckly in, in terrible nick. Yeah. And he goes, and Alex Sarnison took his top off and we were like, holy wow. crap. He is, I mean, he was and is in unbelievable condition, Al. He was a freak, like, even at that age, and he's still got a rig on him now. So Al takes his top off, then Tony Rock, the flanker, takes his top off. Then Johnny Wilkinson and they're all like, eight packed up, a super nick. And then Sherry and I take our tops off and we're not lean, but we're 
big and we clearly lift a lot of weights and stuff. And he goes, you never, you guys just put our tops over your shoulders and you beat us. And we we're like, oh my God, that's why you beat us. Yeah. And he remembers being in a scrum where their tight head tried to give me a dig and I, not trying condoning violence, I punched their tight head a couple of times and then their flanker punched me and Al Sanderson just put this like, like, semi like semi pro boxer combo on whoever their flanker was and everyone just stopped and it was like oh my god he's 18 and he's like he looks like a high level boxer you, should, you boys should be in the blazing squad yeah Al, Al was the Al was the hardest guy on the I'm telling you now Al Sanderson was the hardest guy on the circuit under 21s under 18s okay no nobody messed with Al he was unbelievably hard um so he remembered all that detail and remembered what we did after the game remembered the score remembered who played all that sort of stuff, super nerd. But then when he said, oh, I've met Flats before, we, you know, he, he, I thought we swapped shirts to him and he just left, chopped it over his shoulder and we were like, geez, look at the nick he's in. Because he was in great nick then. And then 700 people pissed themselves because I'm fat now. Um, but I loved him. But this this bloke walked up to me as I came off the stage and he was like, hi, Flats, I'm engaged. And I was like, uh, wait, can you announce it? Can you announce that I'm engaged? I've just got engaged. And this bloke had proposed to his wife. Really? At the event. <clears throat> and... He was he was so weird. We thought he was joking, so we didn't let him do it. But in the end, he'd, he'd actually proposed. But basically, he proposed during my speech, so it was so boring that he'd got it done while I was talking. Evidently, at least, at least though, you got something to say in your speech then. Yeah, gets exactly. everyone up. Yeah, up exactly. Yeah. So he's not nice fella, but he got. Yeah, he'd get I, I have, I've been engaged before to no. your to your current wife. <laughs> no, not to my current wife. Previously to that, um, have you? No, you haven't. I have. I've not told you about this, but basically, right. Bernie always says you've been engaged before. <laughs> yeah, he knows. Does he? Yeah, he knows. Cause he, I always thought that was a funny joke. No, right. well, nearly engaged. Um, it's actually a bit of a funny story. So, do you ever remember, I've got the cough now. Do you Both remember got a cough because we haven't called, slept. Um, Joseph Matthew, right? Never trust a bloke with two first names either. I know, always said that. For the start. He, um, he randomly, no one knows where he came from, he randomly got a trial at Cardiff Blues and pretty decent so got through played a few games for the Blues Google him you probably yep. recognise his face if you alright so anyway I'm, I've been out with uh, current girlfriend at the time for probably three four years and hang on I must know this girl no you don't yeah Vicky yeah yeah okay yeah okay so I've been out for three or four years and I thought right I'm going to set something up now Vicky with an eye mind I'm you bit, <laughs> I'm going to set something up now <laughs> don't in, judge. in one of the hotels so planned it and a nice hotel in Cardiff. Yeah. Okay, so day comes, and uh, I'm in reception, waiting, waiting for her to come in. Yeah. Lovely, th- got flowers up there, got balloons up there, all ready, primed. Yeah. And uh, and Joseph sort of sees me in the bar, comes running yeah. in, say hello. Mate, honestly, he trips over the corner of a sofa yeah, and he falls straight on to this glass table. It's it's unreal, right? And I'm fucking pissing myself. It's very very funny. But he didn't hurt himself. Well, this is the thing. You think he didn't hurt himself, but all of a sudden he comes up and his blood. There's blood coming out of his arms and his hands because obviously when he's gone fall down, he's fallen through this glass table. With his oh. hands down there. Less funny. And there's bl- yeah, there's yeah, blood everywhere. And my missus was a nurse, so yeah. she comes in and she's making a big big hoo-ha over him like Joseph's missus and my missus were really good friends as well so the, the connection there so anyway she's with him and we've called an ambulance and this ambulance has come and she's gone off with him to the hospital so anyway he's, his hands are all knackered he's 
bandages all over his hands, stitches all over his hands, but he's got a bit of glass in his eye. And I reckon over the space of about three to four weeks, it turns infectious, gets really, really serious, and he ends up losing his eye. Oh. And has to have one of these cotton patches over it. And my missus is like got, a pirate. Yeah. This is this funny's getting less this story's getting less and less <laughs> funny, to be honest with you. <laughs> And my missus is a nurse, so she helps him with his recovery and she goes in and sees him and makes sure he's all right. Because it's obviously a big thing, losing your eye. Hang on. I think I know I think I know where you're going with this. Did she... Is this the one who ended, you broke up with and she ended up uh, quite liking the person well, she'd taken care well, of? Well, this is what... Oh, well, right, okay. So, Bernie's so, been tweeting me about this. <laughs> so, Ask about the girl who left him. <laughs> is so, that true? So probably about three or four weeks later, she just goes... Sends me a text and says, that's it. I've gone. I've gone off with, with Joseph. His missus is gutted. Oh, my God. I'm gutted. And Were you gutted at the time? I look back and I think, yeah, if it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. <laughs> Where'd you come from? Where'd you go? Where'd you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, piss off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> piss off. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So um, we're in Georgia, um, the two of us, and we've got a cameraman with us called Phil, who goes by the name Len. And he was once, uh, he did a four-day shoot with Lee Byrne in Claremont. Thought he knew him really well. And then Bernie met him again shortly afterwards and introduced himself like he'd never met him before. Um, and his this guy's Twitter and Instagram handle is Lens Monkey, as but in camera lens. He does weddings. Does weddings, funerals, bar mitzvahs. Uh, and he... he um, when Bernie met him, he said, oh, we have met. We, we saw him again. <coughs> Excuse me. We have met. But I uh, remember I came out to Claremont. And he was like, oh, yes. It's it's Len, isn't it? 
as in Len's monkey, calls him Len, thinks his name's Len, and he was like, oh, and he goes, he goes, oh, I'll follow you on Twitter, hang on, and he follows him, and and Phil, who's actually called Len, Len, who's actually called Phil, thinking, oh, that's cool, and then a week later, he goes to DM him something, to this cool bit of footage he's got of him, that he wouldn't otherwise have got, and sees that Bernie's unfollowed him as soon as he's gone home. Yeah. <laughs> so, such a shame, isn't it? Judas, but saying that, we, we both followed him on this trip, and I, I am going to unfollow him as soon as we get home, because he... There's no way he can further my career, so why would I follow him? That's how I look at it. Uh, it was a nightmare trip getting out here, to be honest, wasn't it? We flew to... He's over there now. He's looking, I, he's I looking wonder, at us now. <laughs> I wondered. Len, back off, mate. It's not your pod. Took a while to get here as well, didn't it? We had to fly to Istanbul. <coughs> can you... You know, pre- you know, professional. You're going to cough all podcast. Sorry, look, I've got a back. We haven't I'll slept, have we? We haven't slept. So if you, if you play professional football... You're not allowed to complain about anything. If you travel business class, you are not allowed to complain about your journey. However, please complain. You're turning to Bob Fleming from the fire show. <laughs> Some of you will get that. Okay, go on then. Tell us about the journey. He's like he's like David Attenborough. Can't stop coughing, and when this anim- when this rare animal starts to appear, he can't stop <laughs> coughing and scares it off. Um, <laughs> Bob Fleming, that's what you are. Yeah. Um, you only get a bit of cod liver oil down you or something we'll tell everyone about our day yesterday and the people will see why we might be a little bit fatigued okay so it took a while to get here we couldn't sleep on he's coughing again couldn't sleep on the plane Uh, it was three and a half hours to Istanbul two hours stop over in Istanbul the airport was actually really nice it was actually nice airport not great at half two in the morning mind Um, and then another two hours thirty to get to to Tbilisi so we're all pretty tired when we got here hour in bed and then we went off to uh, to do a, um, a background check to meet the president Oh, that's right. Prime Minister. That's the one. Yeah, so we went to the Prime Minister's office. Prime Minister, President. Got through security and all that sort of stuff, so we Yeah, so so then yesterday was coughing again. A long, long day, so... Guys, I'm going to be coughing a bit during this podcast because I'm, I'm absolutely fine. I'm not feeling brilliant because I'm, I'm used to sleeping 14 hours a night. I hate people that cough. Um, um, anyway. So uh, at 9 o'clock yesterday, we went down to the Georgian National Rugby Headquarters. So we interviewed some of the players, watched a little bit of training. Because we're four, hour ahead, four hours ahead here, it's like getting up at four to leave the hotel at five. Yeah. Kind of thing. So you can't sleep the night before. And when you're dead asleep, you you know, I, I've never slept over in my life till yesterday. And you actually called me in my hotel room and said, we're all waiting for you. I was like, shit. Yeah. It was in the middle of a dream. Delirious. Bro- yeah, delirious broken. But um, yeah, so yesterday morning it was Georgian rugby squad, wasn't it? We went. To yeah, so we interviewed interviewed the coaches, the players. Um, yeah, had, had food with them as well. Had a look at them in the gym, and you go and you see a lot of players, and you go into a lot of rugby clubs, and you go into a lot of gyms. Now, it was it was a fairly basic gym, but most gyms are. You don't need that yeah, much equipment. Perfectly you know, good enough. Yeah, yeah, but they were massive. Not so much the backs, but the forwards, the props, the the back rows are so huge. Yeah, it's um I was a little bit surprised about how big the pro- the the forwards were, mostly the props. I mean they yeah, it's it's not a myth about the Georgian lads. Mm. They were massive and strong and hugely muscular, weren't they? Like they yeah. were massive units, like properly big strong units. Like we walked in there and again we've been around massive people lifting weights our whole since we were teenagers and it's like Holy moly! These yeah. boys are units. They yeah. are proper units. We've um, for Alfred, yeah, well, you did. But I, <clears throat> so one one of their coaches. I didn't know this till we, you know, did a little bit of research for this trip. But Rich Graham, who coached me at Bath, who then coached Saris, who coached the Queensland Reds, Spino, I think the Wallabies, Spino, we called him, yeah. So Spindle, so Spino was is their assistant coach, their attack coach. Um, they've also got 
Calvin Morris as head of S&C, who used to be England's head of S&C, and they've got Matt Lovell as their nutritionist, who used to be the England nutritionist. Um, so I sort of turned up, and there were people I knew really well and have been coached by and helped by over the yeah. years um, here, and just, yeah, great people. But they're one, of the, they're, one of the, they're one of World Rugby's three targeted unions, they said, so they get extra funding, which means they can bring in proper, you know, proper experienced international staff basically yeah but also they, they got automatic qualification as well for the um world cup so right I think yeah get more funding for that as well yeah but they, it's interesting because they were you know it's so what days it? it's wednesday here today and we were there tuesday morning they play canada this weekend in their first autumn test and they're just getting players back their top players their best players basically as soon as they the dream for them is get a top 14 contract so as soon as they get a top 14 contract because you're going to get paid well. Because you get paid loads. You get paid nothing here in Georgia. So they were just getting lads back. So half, lo- not a load of the best players, four or five of the best players, landed in Georgia at 4 a.m. on the Tuesday. And they got their first test on Saturday. That's that's as soon as they get them back, you know. Do you know what I liked about Pretty it as tough. well, though? Um, they obviously recognised us, but, you know, that they gave us our space, didn't come over and annoy us and, you know, have a chat with us and get our autograph. They just left us to ourselves. And that, that shows... A lot of respect by them. Speak for yourself, mate. They're all over me. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone comes up to you and speaks Georgian. One guy, no joke. There, he's a he's a one of the staff. I don't know what he does there. He's one of the. He said he's one of the managing staff. Team manager, something like that. But he was not the guy who looked exactly like me. Not him. They um, all did. Yes, yeah, true. It's a bigger guy, the older guy, <clears throat> and he played for years in France. And he wait, said, do, do, you, "Do you want he, to pause this so you can have a big cough?" No, he said, do "You still play?" And I said, "No, no." And he, I said, "I used to play it. Where did you?" And uh, all that sort of stuff. And uh, then I. He said, I thought I played for them. I said, I played there once. And he said, yeah, I remember I remember watching the game and I remember you watching play against Toulouse in 1998. And he looked over and said, um, was he playing? And I said, I can't remember. He said, I remember you playing against Frank Tournier. Then he was like, I remember you playing against Stade Francais in 2008. You're the best. And all these games. And, he, the he knew, and it turns out he's an absolute... Oh. oh, we've had orange juice delivered by Len. Thanks, Len, Phil. What? Thank you. It's Mate, pity, when you've got a lot it? of mucus and spit in the back of your throat, orange is probably the worst thing for him. <laughs> he needs water. I need a, I need a milkshake. So, or um, a Hoover. Thank you for the, the juice delivery, throat. man. Yes, yeah, so he remembered all these games, and okay. it was like, I mean, yeah, he obviously loved scrums. I mean, yeah, I didn't get that, but I can see a load of them looking at YouTube. I think it was a video of me when I back. Yeah, when I was gotcha. Playing. Yeah, yeah. Should just yeah. I think they probably had a little bit more respect for me and left me to it. Not like, like that. Um, so after that, we went down to some traditional. Well, it was training ground, wasn't it? It was yep. a load of stuff to camera. It was shots. Then it was five interviews. And then it was straight in the minibus to the Turkish baths. Turkish baths. Yeah. Where we had to do a little piece um, there. We don't want to spoil it, do and we? Speaking of the little piece, um, Shanks had to get naked and get massaged by a local fella who walked around on his back and bent him up and all sorts of stuff. Oh, that's horrific. I didn't know what he was going to do. Next minute, yeah. he's pulling my legs back, pulling my arms back. Yeah, he was. I was like, I ended up like being in a in a skydiving position. Yeah, you know when you you jumped up. It was plane. like that. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. Yeah, um, from the Turkish bath. Says that's an hour and up. That's a couple of hours there. there. I was quite surprised that you actually couldn't get in a bath. It was a hot bath. Um, oh yeah, you can't get in cold. And you can't get in hot. No. Okay. Don't like either. I so like it complex. in the middle. I like it in the middle. Interesting one. Yeah, a mate told me once a fellow um, heavier gentleman and heavy sweater said to me I said God I wish I'd much rather be I'd much rather spend a summer walking to the North Pole than doing whatever you know doing the Marathon des Saab one of the lads doing the Marathon des Saab and I said I'm not doing that I'd rather walk to the North Pole and he said no no you're 
you're a big fat sweaty bastard. You're better off in hot weather. I said, why is that? And he said, well, wherever you are, when you exercise, you will sweat. So if you sweat <clears throat> in a really hot country, you can replace that. By, you have to drink a lot of water, but you can replace it and you're fine. He said, you go somewhere really cold, you will sweat regardless of the temperature, and your sweat will freeze and it becomes dangerous. So contrary to your assumed opinion, you big, fat, heavy people are better off in warmer climates than you are in freezing cold climates okay. if you're going to move. Um, so straight okay. off, yeah, okay. straight after that um, to a Georgian TV channel. I think it was Iberia. Iberia TV, TV for a chat show. For a chat show, wh- which <coughs> didn't quite work because we had, we had to have a translator back and forth. Yeah. Every single question, every single answer. Yeah, our liaison guy we've called Sherlock Holmes because he wears a funny hat. Sherlock had to translate. It was very odd. Yeah, it was, it was, and I just lost interest after about five minutes. Shanks got roped in, massively stitched up, and had to do um, break dancing slash wrestling technique on national Georgian television. Yeah, well, we are talking about what we're doing for the rest of the day, and um, we explained that we were going to go traditional Georgian wrestling, and that I was actually going to be the wrestler. And they asked me if I'd ever wrestled before. I said, yeah, yeah, loads. I sort of create my own technique. I've fused flash dance with wrestling. And then flash dance with judo, you said. Yeah, flash dance with judo. They didn't get any of his jokes, no, by the way. No, not at all. It wasn't even a joke. And um, Flash's like, go on, show him. Show him. Go on, show him. And all of a sudden, they move this table away. And then everyone's looking at me. And I'm back right into a corner. I've got to do something now. And I'm just Shanks thinking, is like, get up oh then, Flats. I said, no, absolutely not. You're on your own. So, yeah. Um, anyway, it's on It's on Twitter. Yeah, so that's what I basically did. It was impromptu. But give generously both dances. That's what I say. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. So we we did this chat show, and straight off, straight from the chat show, we're back. So we've done the all the rugby stuff. We've done the Turkish bars. We've done the chat show, and then it was off in the minibus. <clears throat> By the way, two hour drive, which we weren't told. We said we thought twenty minutes, two hours into the country, and the craziest, most dangerous journey, and I mean this, of my whole life. I mean, I don't. How did we not die or crash? They don't care about overtaking, Fuck do they? Unbelievable. I mean, proper. But, I didn't Proper know you could head fit on three jobs. cars into two lanes. Yeah, unbelievable. So properly lethal, like not not enjoyable lethal, like and really little, really unenjoyable. Another thing we noticed out here, probably one in every three or four cars does not just doesn't have a bumper front or back. It's gone, isn't it? Yeah, completely gone. I you thought he was why? trying to find out what was in the boot of the car in front of us. That mm. twat that was driving us. So we expected twenty minutes down the road. Two hours later, we Shanks just- has to go and wrestle the five-time world champion Petriashvili, hundred and twenty-five kilo world champion, Olympic medalist. Absolute beast. We walk into the Hotel Olympique, which is the home of Georgian wrestling, and you got Olympic and world champions everywhere. I was told I was going to wrestle someone that was like five foot six. No, he was enormous. He was 125 kg. He was about six foot six. Yeah. Um, he was kidnapped when he was 11. He was kidnapped yes. by separatists and chained to a bed for 100 days. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, a serious bit of kit. Lovely man, actually. Yeah. But you, Shanks is, we've said this before. And Andrew Cotter listens to this, and he said, is Shanks really as strong as you say? Which is, and disappointingly, he is. Shanks is freaky, freaky strong. And so he lifts weights and stuff, but he's got these genetics, which is why he got 70 caps. And I'm blowing his own trumpet, but unbelievably strong human being. And up against this guy, I mean, you were like a doll. It was like a kid trying to throw an adult on the floor, wasn't it? Yeah, it was not nice at all. Just brutally strong with his own body weight, this guy. But, um, yeah, if you if you... If you want it, if you're really nerdy, YouTube Petriashvili, world champion, yeah. and you'll see him in action. And um, believe it or not, I'm a bit of a wrestling fan, and I've actually watched him in action before. Have you? It turns out, yeah. So I used to, I watch all the Olympic stuff. I love it. 
Yeah, so we did a bit of a... It obviously had to be a little bit stagey. He couldn't just smash me on the floor and get me in a suplex or a figure of eight leg lock. Um, yeah, DDT. But I, I, I said after, I said, look, let me, let me just try and go for you and you just got to defend me. And no chance. Nope. His hands were huge. Yeah. Like bigger than Andy Powell's hands. And Andy Powell's yeah. really got the biggest hands yeah. I've seen. Just swatting me away. And I'm like 107 kilos. <laughs> yeah, I had four layers of clothes on and some diamonds. You're 107 kilos. Yeah. Um, and got nowhere near him. No. no. Trying to get the hook and handles, get the leg up, not take him over. Yeah. Vertical, horizontal. Um, you go going from you couldn't get anywhere near him. No way near him. And he was laughing the whole way through. Yeah, but I mean that that was great fun. But it was one of those. It's just one of those days. You got a lot to do, so you get up nice and early and crack on. And we got back to the hotel at ten o'clock and ordered food and started eating our sort of steak in the hotel about half ten. And then you can't sleep and all that sort of stuff. So it's um, we're not asking for sympathy, but these are these are long old days out here you know so um, but it's good fun yeah it is, it is got a lot done lot, got a lot done and Shanks had to wrestle in a special wrestling suit which and I, he had which to break had. dance on national TV and he had to get walked on by a Georgian massage therapist so Shanks really put himself out there yesterday yeah well done mate cheers can I remind you please Tommy that this is a rugby podcast yes it is well, we have we've been talking about rugby no, we haven't. Have we? Uh, talking about Georgian rugby. Oh, God. Not Super really. giant, that is Georgian rugby. Mm. Ranked higher than Italy in the IOB rankings by two spots. Shanks tried to stitch me up on national TV by saying, and Flats, who are your favourite no, Georgian players? They, who should we look out for? They told us to give an example of what we do because they're... Oh, yeah, so we had to pretend so we were presenting a rugby game. It was really odd. Side. So I said, here we are, half-time, Wales v Georgia. Wales narrowly... Winning fifty-one nil. Yeah, Dan Big has been good for Wales. So is John Davis. Perhaps who's impressed you for Georgia? Yeah, I was like, and he tried to stitch me up. So I was like, hey, since Marmuka Gorgodzi retired, you know, you wonder how they're going to win. But now they've got Chile Chava. Because I know they're Ch- Jimmy Changa. <laughs> Jimmy Changa. They got Chile Chava on the tight head, who's the one player whose name actually sprung to mind. And then he tried to get me again, and I moved it on. Um, anyway, yeah, Rucker. Um, so we did. We were at the uh, Anglo-Welsh stuff, weren't we? Did the Channel Five highlights. Longest day of our young producer's life, Gitto. Longest day of his life, I reckon, because it took Possibly. us just one of those days. They happen in showbiz, yeah. But one of those days where it took us something like a hundred and nine takes to do some of the stuff. The some of the easier bits we found very difficult, didn't we? I struggle a little bit um, saying James Short in the middle of. You kept calling him James Small, didn't you? Yes, I did. It like, ju- it just, like eight times. It just came out. I can't yeah. help it. It's just on the tip of your tongue. It comes out. Yeah. Um, and it's actually quite hard when, you, when you're doing a piece of camera and you're not looking at any highlights on the TV. You've seen them, but you can't talk as they're going on. Yeah. It's quite hard to to describe them when you can't see you can't see it in front of you. So yeah, and also the, the, by the very nature of the Anglo Welsh Cup, you know about a third of the players comfortably and. A third of them, other third you've kind of heard of, another third you've never heard of. Yes. So you are talking about players you've watched, but it's the first time you've ever said their name. And, and by the way, ref- you're on camera. You're not referring to any notes or anything like that no. in front of you. You've got, you've got to remember five or six names in your head. Schwing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so... Shanks, ju- Shanks just said Schwing because um, <laughs> he's a baby, but also because it's breakfast time here in Georgia and there is a lady at breakfast who is wearing a really a dress but I'm taking it quiet in case she's English a really short dress 
like really, really, really short dress and over the knee velvet black boots <laughs> to breakfast, <laughs> which is kind of completely over the top. Maybe it's the Georgian way, but it's um, it's rather fantastic depending on perspective. So yeah, we um, we at uh, Saracens that and probably the coldest day. I've, that, I've yeah, that's the coldest I've been in years. While. Yeah, yeah. We were so cold we couldn't speak. And there's a clip on uh, Twitter, isn't there, of us saying, "Hey, watch this game. You can catch up on my five online." Yeah. And you look at Shanks and that thing, and he's so cold he can hardly speak. And I was like that until we rolled, and I faked it. And as soon as the camera said cut, I was like, yeah, <gasps> back inside. You know, that's what. If anything, I learned it was don't show your coldness. Yeah, but I mean, when you're 135 kilos, you can you're generally warmer uh, but, than everyone but else. After that, after that initial first take we did get a little bit better yeah we did yeah yeah it was fine so it was good fun actually um interestingly amazing game at um Saris where Quinns won in the in the dying seconds or dying second um but even Opke even Opke the, the big prop who scored he came off the bench is uh an old lady and so he went to my school I studied Benno Urbano studied I Dawson Sheridan Tom yeah. Mercy I mean there's loads of us went there it's weird Tim Ducks Tim Ducks went there but Alex Brown who was at uh Exeter Chiefs I mean they're at, and Andy Mullins in the old days, there are literally tons of professional that, props that, that have come out of that school. Say the sporting department keeps recruiting great coaches, or I don't know which ones of those were imported, as it were. I wasn't. None until my day were we weren't imported, but they did start importing players to win the national, the Daily Mail. No, coaches, not players. Like, is it oh, they got they've had good coaches, but they've also imported players for the sixth form oh, they have, have to they? win the Daily Mail. Yeah, they have okay. done that. They stopped doing it apparently. But basically, they wanted to win it, so they started importing players and started winning it. So I don't know if like, I don't know if like Ben Urbano, who plays at Bath, I don't know if he was imported for sixth form or if he was there since he was eight. There, there, there must be a reason why so many players are coming through that um, private college. Yeah, private school. It must be. I, I I was used to reckon like you looked at. I know it's a Dulwich College where I went. I only went there for two years, but it's a big posh school and all that. Not posh at all, but it's just a big, amazing school. I used to, you walk around, I'm mass, generalising massively here, but and I won't be too specific because someone will be offended by it. <coughs> Excuse me, I genuinely have got a cough. Um, you walk around Bath, and then you walk around South London where my school was, and there is just there is just a, a sort of, what's the word? Um, be careful. In, inescapably, there is just way more to choose from in terms of genetic makeups, gene pools, um, you know, there's just ev- there's everything to choose from Georgians. in South London. Georgians, Georgians. There's no there? Georgians there, as far as I remember. There's everything in, in in Bath. There ain't that many. You get what you get, but so densely populated by different by different races, different whatever it is, different genetic makeups in South London that we just had the most amazing athletes in our school, okay. and they'd all been there since they were eight. It was just every school kind of had them. Yeah, and you know, we had white guys, black guys, Asian guys, with all that stuff. We had everything to choose from. Whereas in Bath, you don't get that. So I used to feel like we were at a massive advantage, you know, because we had these amazing athletes, and they do keep coming out of that school. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was some good rugby being shown at the weekend. A lot of youngsters through, and you get that when, yeah. when youngsters come in and inexperienced players come in, you get a lot of turnovers, you get a lot of missed tackles, but you get a lot of tries as well. So the games do become quite exciting. Yeah, I think, they do. Um, Adam Radwan is, oh, is one to look out for. Oh man, look like serious wheels. Look, looks. Radwan be the bad man, you mean? A little bit. <laughs> Radman do um, <laughs> looks like a little bit like Johnny May. I think the style of running and how yeah. fast he is. But, he's, but 
there's he's quick but he's also elusive and he's got mm. good footwork and he's super exciting and I was down at Chiefs as well and Matt Vesic had got you know he hasn't played that much yet but he played really well and yeah it was yeah it was good actually it was a good good game down at Chiefs there's just loads of tries in this competition isn't there it so, is it is but it's yeah. also, it's good as well I, I do enjoy it because you do get to see you know the, oh, hopefully the stars of the future are coming through so who went their name somewhere who are Wales playing this weekend I was playing Australia no, they're going to get spanked. <sighs> Last time Wales beat <laughs> Australia was 2008. Any idea who was playing in the centres <laughs> that day? <laughs> I say it every year. Were you playing? Were you playing at 13? Probably the only record I got. Yeah, against Ryan Cross. Ryan Skeletor. Cross. Skeletor. Ryan Cross is the guy who, in under 18s, England school, Australia schools against England schools. We went on an unbeaten. We won the Grand Slam and we yep. went an unbeaten tour of Australia. Eight out of eight. And we played against Aussie schools, and they had pumped New Zealand schools the week before, so they were a serious team. Okay. They had like Phil War playing and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And Bolsh was the quickest thing, Ian Bolsh, the quickest thing we had ever seen in our lives. Yeah. No one was as quick as Bolsh. And Ryan Cross went round him twice to score. We were really? like, holy moly, okay. who is this guy? So we kept it tight, yeah. stuck it up a jumper, beat him up up front. Um, can we get back to me now because Wales are playing them? Yeah, sure. Thanks very much. Um, now, I'm not sure. It's, I, I think Australia. And are a lot better than people make out and think. I think they're a, a class team that they haven't done probably that well. They beat New Zealand the other day, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. Keep up, mate. All right, I, re- I re- retract that statement. Australia are awesome. They've gone oh, through, the a, bit of, they, the they've gone through a bit of a hard time recently, I think, in terms of, of where they are as a national squad. In terms of not being that good. Mm, but yeah. I think it's going to be a lot harder game than people make out. And... You look at you just look at their team and you look at the players they've got and the skill like Curtly B, Kurundrani, Falau. All right, right. give me results. Class everywhere. Um, no, I'm not going to give results. I want to talk a little bit about it first. Now Wales, they're going through I think a little bit of a transition at the moment because yeah. they're looking at new twelve. Um, I think they're going to move away from from being this. Who are you going to play twelve? You can't just interrupt me in the middle of my conversation. All right, mate. I think they're going to move away from being this probably a one-dimensional team where they're hitting up the 12, they're going around the corner. They have to create a little bit more, and I think they've learned that from the Lions with the two ball players. So there's a couple of options for them at 12. One is Reese Priestland, one is Reese Patchell, one is Owen Williams. The chat on the street at the moment is Owen Williams is going to play 12, and that's going to take a little bit of time. Oh, you, yeah. you don't want him just to play one game at 12, and then that's it. He's out. You've got to have a run of three or four games. You've got to have a at least. You've got to have a period now where you're trying to identi- you're trying to re-identify yourself as a team. Find that find that balance and find that game, that attacking game that works for you. So you're going to have to sort of throw results out the window and just concentrate on improving as a team. So whoever they pick at, at twelve, I personally think Reese Patch will be a, a great twelve. They're going to go with Owen Williams, who's a similar player, another ball player, but it just gives them more more opportunity to score tries out wide and get the ball in the hands of Liam Williams, of John Davis. You know, he John Davis needs ball in hand with a yeah. bit of, with a bit of space. So yeah. does Steph Evans. So I'm not too worried about the result, but I want to see this team play a little bit differently. Give us the back three you would pick. Uh, I pick Liam Williams at 15, I pick Steph Evans on the wing. I th- George North isn't fit, so I would have Lee Halfpenny. Lee Halfpenny on the wing. Yes. Yes, my friend. Okay, my friend. Um, we've done lunch with Michael Liner before. Bet you there, Williams, Liam Williams on the wing, and I bet you Lee Halfpenny's at fullback. Well, possibly. Um, but why? W- then my argument for that would be to the Welsh coaching team, why pick Liam Williams at 15 for the Lions when if you think he's the best 15 we've got and then not pick him on the wing, on the uh, 15 for Wales? 
Seems strange. It's a good argument, Tommy. Yeah. But we're doing a lunch with Michael Liner. Um, Are you game. On you? Yeah, Pier 64. We've got 60 people going to get the river taxi across to the game. Oh, you'll have a lovely time. Um, and then out in Tiger Tiger in the evening. Oh, you have a lovely time, won't you, mate? Who England playing? The Argies. How's that going to go? win that. Should win that. There's chat that Rocco Daguni might get a game. Well, he's been retained for now. Some of the lads have been sent home. It's quite he, Rocco Daguni is one of those players that people are, you know, people are adamant that he should be playing for England because he's the best finisher and ball carrier in the country. And, and he, he does score some unbelievable tries. He is. He's, he's the yeah. best ball in hand. He's the best player in England. I mean, not creatively, no. but ball runner. He's he's the best player in the league. Um, there there are times when you just, you just he's untouchable even against the best defenders. Um, but there are, or there are also people that say he's, you know, his defence isn't right, and like superstitioning isn't right, and that sort of stuff. And people make a lot of yards down his wing a lot and the Premiership. But, but it'd be interesting to see if they give him a run because I think Johnny May's not going to make it, um, fitness-wise. But that's an interesting one. And you, you know, you get really excited about what team Eddie Jones might pick. Slade, um, but gen- but generally you, they're they're reasonably predictable. Um, I would have Slade Slade at thirteen, absolutely. Would you play them? Would you play um, Ford? Farrell, Farrell Slade. Slade. Yeah. Every every day at week. You watch George Ford the last couple of weeks. It's just... Defensively going to be an issue though? No. Owen Farrell hits hard. Henry Slade's tough as you like. And George Ford will never be a big hitter. No. But he, he makes his tackles well enough and he's brave and he puts himself... He doesn't dodge out the way. And the odd fly half, even at the top level, dodges out the way and just trying to avoid tackling. He doesn't do that. He's but tough. But also, you, you've got to look at that. Not just England, but teams in general you've got to look at it as, a po- as you've got to be positive in picking your team because you've got to score tries you're not picking someone who never misses a tackle yeah um, you need to pick boys that are good with ball in hand boys that score yeah. tries because you're not going to win games anymore really just by kicking points you've no, got to and create you know guess what Marcus Smith at Quinns is never going to batter anyone in defence because he's tiny no. but doesn't mean he can't be the best fly half in the country or one of them so they'll actually absolutely pick those guys um yeah, been an interesting selection actually. I hope Sam Simmons gets a run at eight. Super exciting player. This is going to be the Leo Vegas bet of the week game. Oh, is England it? England v Argentina. Yeah. Well, just decided. Well, okay, well, England are going to win it. Okay. I say England by. I'm going to be punchy. You reckon? I want the kids. I want the kids, the children who need to win some money, but I'm going to be punchy. I'm gonna, I reckon England by 10. I'm going 14. Really? Yeah. Okay. England by 14 or more. So they'll get. Leo Vegas will get better odds on that with our bet. Which and then the kids will win more, more money. money. Yeah. I think, so I'm I'm going I'm going there. All right, happy like with that? Should have a few questions, shouldn't we? Really go on before, then. Before we go, um, yeah, go on just then. just a quick one, guys and girls. Um, we do have Sam Warburton on the live podcast next Monday. Please send him some questions for him. It's going to be quite embarrassing if the Lions captain has zero questions and they're all directed at me and Flats. You get into him as well. Let's make him uncomfortable. Um, yeah, get your questions in. By the way, for those of you that are coming to our live pod in Bath, uh, the first one... Don't expect too much. Don't expect... I mean, we... <coughs> excuse me, it's bloody throat in mine. We love uh, Goody and Jim Hamilton. They're, Goody's a very old mate of mine. Jim's a lovely, lovely man. We love those guys, but we're not We're not going to be doing songs and... You don't like them? See them as opposition. <laughs> <laughs> Can't like them. <We're>, <laughs> yeah, we do really. But we're not going to be doing boat, ra- boat races and songs and stuff. We love, we love their stuff, but we're not... That's not us, really. So we're going to be um, incredibly quiet and talking seriously. No one is going to be allowed to interact. No, I'm joking. But if you're coming, by all means, be prepared. Get prepared to stick your hand up and uh, pile into me, Shanks or Warby. We're happy with that. 
And I've got a question from Andy Meredith on Twitter. It says, thoughts on sliding in with knees on players after scoring? Never going to stop the score. Happens often. Yeah, it does. Really annoying. Mm. Really annoying. And do you know what? Someone tweeted me. It might have been Andy, if it's not apology. Someone tweeted me and said, this happens all the time. If only there were a highlight show to, if only there were a show to highlight it. Like, oh, if only Flats and Shanks had the bottle to highlight it. It's like, bore off, mate. The, the problem We've got about four minutes in total to speak about from <laughs> six games, eight games. Piss off telling us we should have included one little thing. But it's a good point. When, some, when someone's going to score a try, right, you, you're trying to cut them off from scoring under the posts, aren't you? So you want them to score out wide to make the conversion harder, which means hopefully... But, uh, but often two, people are just piling in. Two, yeah, two less points for you. But yeah. it's also very difficult to stop when you're flying flat out. And it only happens, say, one in a hundred times where that player scoring a try actually gets caught and the ball gets dislodged mm. from trying to go under the post. But you still never really give up. You still don't want to let them score. So it's quite difficult to stop yourself when you're going flat out. Mm. Um yeah, but there was one the other day where yeah. I think I think oh, I don't know even I don't even know why Leicester Gloucester there was an awful one, and it is really it is genuine point. I mean, it's not for a highlight show because we don't have time. It's for a conversation show like you know rugby tonight or something. But absolutely, hundred percent, people doing that. So you should be if it's really bad, you should be up. Why, why do you never get yellows and reds for doing that? You should absolutely get yellows and reds for doing that. There was an awful one the other day. I think it was um, Leicester Gloucester, was it? There was a really bad one, but. <clears throat> but also, the, at minimum, we used to, as we were when we were kids and we did naughty stuff after the try was scored. You'd restart with a penalty to the opposition, so it could be seven points, a decent goal kicker, a penalty, a halfway line, and we'll slot it, and you've conceded ten points yeah. in in a minute. So you you know there's yeah, get you on the IB that, board. That, that's probably the way to do it. And I but I do absolutely agree that that should be hit harder. Yeah. Got a question on another one on Twitter. We're just doing questions on Twitter. It's probably the best way to get your questions in because Michelle never forwards the Michelle's uh, given emails. up. She's given up on yeah. life. Uh, from Jason Lunt, I think. Lunt, Jason Lunt. I think that's an L. <laughs> Let's hear his question first, shall we? Barbar's playing. <laughs> Barbar's playing in a Northern Hemisphere without a Northern Hemisphere player viable going forward. No, it no, wasn't an L. It wasn't an L. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a joke, Jason. Uh, not really. Um, it's sort of lost its its way really and, and touched the Barbar's because gone are the days where you can field a team like they did in the seventies, where Gareth Edwards yeah. scored that wonderful try. Um, players just aren't getting released. Um, if players aren't going to be used for the Anglo-Welsh, which happens this time of year, and the Barbars game happens at Twickenham, then they're going to be rested. They're not going to. The clubs aren't going to want to risk players playing in the Barbars team to get absolutely to not. themselves. Um, no, so absolutely it, not. It's very, very difficult now, isn't it? Um, yeah, and, and and is it viable? Probably just about because people are still buying tickets and watching on telly. But yeah, it has. It's still got that history to it. It's still it's nothing got that like feel. it was. Nothing like it was. But you know, and you can say, well, the club should release them. But you're paying someone three or four hundred grand a year. Are you going to release them for a dick about? This is the knock-on effect we see of professional rugby coming in now. You know, yeah, where where teams cannot play in these invitational sites yeah, anymore. You can't even um, when um, which I remember. Is such a shame. I remember years back. I mean, when we were young, I was nineteen or twenty playing at Saracens, and the bar bars called and said, "Can we have?" Flatman to play in this game. So it's Barbars against Australia at the Millennium. Can you imagine as a 20-year-old kid or a 19-year-old kid and Francois Pienaar said no because we need him for Wasps the Wednesday after Yeah. and they called again a, a while later when I was at Sarries and then again when I was at Bath and all three times I was refused release because I was a prop and you just can't risk getting props injured because there's none left. Yeah. So I, you know, <clears throat> I never got to play for the Barbars because our chairman three times in a row our, our DOI wouldn't release me. No, exactly. Um, Max... 
Uh, Dugdale on Twitter has also asked about p- Premiership clubs. I'm sp- yeah, not. Um, if I were a Premiership club owner, I would never release players to play for the Barbarians. As much as I love the Barbarians, I love it as much as you do at home, or in your car, or on your iPhone. But I would never ever release players to get pissed and playing a dick around against the best teams in the world, asking for trouble physically. Sean Hughes on. Twitter obviously says, when you were professionals, did you ever go on the piss night before a game? Once. Uh, no, for me. I went out with Matt Cairns and a mate of ours called Stu Maddox and um, we popped out for dinner. <coughs> we went to three restaurants near where we lived. How old were you? I was 21, 22. Okay. And we went out and everywhere was not everywhere was full because it was a Friday night. It was really annoying. So we said, oh, let's just go into town. And we, were, we lived in town then, you and I. So we popped out. Me... Kenzie and uh, Stu popped out and we went to Leicester Square and in the end I mean we got really really pissed like a really heavy night and played Bordeaux the next day at Vicarage Road Yeah, or maybe it was a Saturday night and played on the Sunday but I played tight head against Bordeaux the next day and Kenzie played hooker and um, we believe it or not we actually won and played both played quite well and after the game agreed we would never ever do that again yeah got away with it got away with it but never do it again um, yeah. Baggy on Twitter wants to know what's the, what's the best unorthodox method you have seen to gel a team um, Loctite uh, yeah do you know yeah the yeah <coughs> I remember I remember getting in I remember the lads at Sale telling short, me about because we're going to have to yeah John Mitchell the boys were all played really badly at Sale and apparently John Mitchell got the boys in on a Sunday morning and said, everyone's in, no dicking about, we're training, and everyone comes in with like, shitting themselves because John Mitchell was crazy or aggressive, and he used to have a load of kegs of beer, and he said, we're not leaving this room till they're all done. You know, and we're over it, it's just a loss. So I don't know, in terms of unorthodox, did the high ropes course at Longleat once, <laughs> at Centre Parks. Would that do? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we did some juggling. There you go. Well, yeah. Juggling. Excellent. Yeah, John Neal came in. We, I know John Neal, yeah. yeah. We did some juggling. We did like pin a tail on the donkey. Uh, good yeah. times. Yeah. Not um, really, there's your answer. Last question here. Andrew Nicholson on Twitter. Who is your next guest? Sam Warburton. Sam Warburton. Any chance Flats can get one on? Um, Any bath mates? Well, we're doing... doing to be a great guest. He's perp. Not sure they're real mates. We could do. Yeah, we could get Dirds on. But he's kind of our job, isn't he? He's not a player. We could do that. Um, we're also we've got James Haskell coming on. We've got uh, Lawrence Delalio coming on. Um, God, who's the other one we got after Warby? It was a. We don't know yet. Oh, don't we? No. Oh, because we were going to get um, Donico Callahan, but he's not available. We can't get him. He would have been fab. UNICEF. <laughs> yeah. He is. Oh, he is. Yeah. He, I love I love listening and watching him. Listening to I him know. and watching him. So yeah, I'm getting a couple on, but basically. Um, Shanks is lazier than me, <clears throat> but yeah, we'll get we'll get some. We're going to get Dave Atwood on, weren't we? Because he talks really well. But Freddie Burns, we won't get a fucking word in, mate. If Atwood's on here, okay. So enough. anyway, get your questions in for Warbatron, the Warbonator, and we'll pile into him. Yeah, thank you. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.